Welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Come on to the theatre. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Manx Theatre Podcast with me, Neil King. And me, Neil Callan. Thank you to everyone who's listened to our previous episodes. If you're new to the podcast, welcome along and thanks for joining us. You can still listen to all our previous episodes through our accounts on Facebook and Instagram, as well as through the usual podcast outlets at manxradio.com forward slash podcasts. Coming up on this week's podcast, I spoke to Michelle James and Chloe Shimon about their new production company, Hello Little People, which is a children's educational theatre company. They've set up, or they've met, and or met up again rather, during lockdown because they weren't away working. Yeah. They came back to the island, met up for a cup of coffee and decided to, to set up a production company. And they have, in a very, very short period of time, set up a company, written a show, and on Saturday the 5th of September, they've got a performance or performances at Castle Russian. Uh, they're doing three performances throughout the day, so... It's going to be good. Fantastic. Yeah. That's great to come out of nowhere as well. As, yes. Uh, and there's just the two of them, yeah. but they're playing about seven roles each, so yeah. lots of work for them going there. Yeah. Even looking at photos they've put out, you can just feel the energy from them. Oh, you? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, looks, it looks like it's going to be a really great show, yeah. uh, and uh, more FM has taken my daughter down, so oh, they're looking forward to that as well. Brilliant. Fantastic. Right then, without any further ado, should we get on with the meeting? Let's do it. Well... Here is my chat then with Michelle and Chloe from Hello Little People. I'm joined today on the podcast by Chloe Shimon and Michelle James, who are two Manx Musical Theatre graduates who have recently set up their own production company called Hello Little People. Chloe, Michelle, welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Thank you so much. Hello. Hello. So tell me then about Hello Little People and how it came about. So Hello Little People is a children's theatre company. And Chloe and I found ourselves back on the Isle of Man um, when the old global pandemic uh, (laughs) started. And, you know, we both had, we were working as actors in the UK and we we teamed up and what we'd not seen each other, Chloe, for maybe five years or something like that. Mm. Um, So we just went for a a wee coffee and a little ice cream. (laughs) And um, Chloe had some ideas of, you know, just getting, staying creative and getting things going, and and I had um, an idea as well, and we uh, kind of put, I kind of put it forward, and uh, jobs are good in. It went down well, and uh, we created our own little theatre company. It all happened so fast. We just, yeah, we went for a coffee, and then by the next day, we'd kind of formed, had a name, had an idea of exactly what we were going to do. Yeah, and uh, and since literally since that point, it's just spiraled and got better and better and. And amazing, yeah. amazing stuff. And yeah, that's, that's how that's how the best ideas come along, though, isn't it? It's something that just sort of just sparks up in a conversation, and then you just you just run with it and, yeah. and just go for it. I mean, and you... I think Chloe and I, it, it's funny because we obviously hadn't seen each other for so long, but actually our interests have kind of f- formed into the same sort of um, area. And given that we're, we're both quite excited about children's theatre and and where that can go, and it's just not a thing on the Isle of Man. Yeah. Um. So it just seemed really seemed like it was perfect yeah the right time and the right thing yeah yeah Yeah. i think what's interesting it like for me is i was i have been wanting to do something like this for a really long time and i felt like i've been just gearing up to do it but it's just not been the right time or it's not been like the right person to maybe start a a business with or a company with or it's not been the right setting or or 
whatever and you just only only took a global pandemic yeah i just need a little catalyst oh well, there we go here's an australian accent coming in <laughs> well yeah you say that, I mean, like the, uh, the the pandemic has had some some interesting sort of um interesting results isn't it because i mean a lot of people who would normally be out there you know in the uk or wherever you know working and touring and shows and working the west end whatever have all sort of come back to the isle of man possibly at the right time to to stay away from it but then they've all sort of sort of joined up and they've all started doing their own little different things that probably if they were off working on shows and stuff like that, that they wouldn't have done. Totally. Um, it's it's a blessing to be here and have the time and the space and the resources that you just um, are so few and far between in the UK um, and I'm sure will continue to be for the next however many months. So, yeah, we're so blessed, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, the Isle of Man is such an incredible place. It's an incredible place to to return to and to create and kind of, mm-hmm. for me, bring all the skills that I've learned in the UK and that I have been working on professionally to come back and then do it here and have like the ownership of our own company and our own show is something really, really special. Mm-hmm. It's that creative control as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. we love it. We love it. We, we love, love, it. love a bit of creative control. Stop um, the it, well, there was a different one. I don't. I <laughs> know oh, it's back. Um, no, yeah, no, it's really exciting, and it, yeah, it is totally about finding the right person that you bounce off and. Um, and I think a lot of our work and the things that we kind of are excited by is inspired by the Manx landscape and the Manx, um, obviously Manx myths and legends, which is a lot of where we um, have especially drawn inspiration from for our first show. And so just being in this gorgeous setting and just being able to hop over put your toes in the sea and yeah. just find a bit more inspiration is, is so cool. And yeah, when you've we've been working really, really hard and we're in rehearsals and we're we're just our whole world has been hello little people, which has been great, but it's so nice to just go like let's just go to the beach. Yeah. Let's just chill. Yeah. So you've got a show coming up then. Mm-hmm. Tell us a bit about that then. It's a big adventure. Uh-huh. And so this is a brand new show that we've created from scratch. Um we've been inspired by Sophia Morrison's um, The Manx Fairy Tale. So we've t- taken a lot of kind of, we've used that as our primary source as such and then kind of added in the most quirky and random and lots of props and lots of costumes and just lots of sparkle and joy and fun. Excellent. And silliness and yeah, laughter. Totally. And... and just worked in the most random ways. And, um, and it's this show that follows this guy called Tom Beck, who is in a Manx story. And he goes on a big old adventure, a big adventure, and he meets loads of Manx legends and um, exciting things along the way and has a big old party. Excellent. So you've both professionally trained then. Tell me a little about your, your training and, and where you went. I went to the London College of Music, which is in Ealing, for three years, and it was some of the b- best experiences of my life. I learned so much, got the opportunity to to do lots of things that I hadn't been able to do over here and the things and I met the best friends in the world and I think that working with people that you really care about and are inspired by is one of the one of the most important things that I got from my training yeah mm-hmm. I, I totally agree I think the the sense of ensemble that is built when you work when you go to drama school and that kind of closeness that's what really makes it that's what I will certainly that's the one thing I always take away from drama school is that sense of 
working as a team and um you know this brand new sense of family yeah so, so it's that old cliche it's the family isn't it you've been sat in in the pockets of of 20 30 other people for three years and mm-hmm. you've laughed and you've cried and you've emoted with totally. them. Just, there's, you've there's changed a bond a, there yeah. that you just can't break for it? me it was only 12 people so like wow. there, so you know they're absolute legends each and every one of them and you can count on them for anything and you know it's it's be- it's a beautiful thing isn't it chloe it is and you watch them grow <laughs> you do watch them grow like and you grow with them and i think yeah. that that's so special it you is. get to you get to come in first year and you're a baby and you don't know what is in store and mm-hmm. when you produce these shows at the end of third year and then people go off and you get agents and you get different shows and you go your separate ways mm-hmm. but you get to watch i get to watch some of my best friends that i knew Way before, way before they had all developed into themselves, mm-hmm. and now on the West End, yeah. huh? And I knew them before they were famous. Uh, yeah. and that is what I always say as well. Like that sense of grounding and growth that you get from drama school, because it's all about you as a person, and and um, it's certainly the training I went through um, at the the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland up in Glasgow. It is about developing what you are and not turning you into something else, and just really kind of adding into the everything into this individual and creating these 12 fantastic unique performers yeah it's about making making the best of you rather than just churning out the same sort of musical theater student every time exactly yeah yeah and also i think chloe and i both agree that um although we both did degrees in musical theater our passion and our creative kind of spirit is not specifically for musical theatre. I think it, it musical theatre is a term of lots of different ways of training and lots of different skills, and that's what we love, bringing all these different skills together. Obviously, we love a good musical, but... Um, <laughs> But that's not, you know, the the only thing that you you, you learn at, yeah. at drama school. Yeah, and um, so you said that you were at the Royal Conservatoire in, in, in Glasgow. I mean, when everyone thinks about musical theatre and going to drama school, they, they immediately think about going down to London and training there. How do you think that um, being up in Glasgow differed? Did it did it feel like you were sort of more removed from from the the, the process of London, or, or do you think it was okay? It's an interesting question, and I think personally, when you're at drama school. It doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. I think you are training in a certain way and you, especially in year one and year two, you could be, I think, anywhere in the world yeah. and, and go through this very skilled technical training. And then I think, obviously, as as um, as you go into your third year and you go into the, the industry, at the moment, um, a lot of the musical theatre, commercialised theatre is is specifically in London. Yeah. And that's so doable. I mean, Glasgow's really not very far from London. Um, but for me, Glasgow was a really raw place to be in. It was a really um, exciting, um, up-and-coming, very buzzing kind of community and one that I would not have changed for the world. And it just brought a really new kind of energy and essence to everything. And to explore the Scottish theatre community as well is mm. was a really interesting thing to do. And, and that is a, it's a completely different community. What is it? It's not completely different, but it's, it's, its, own, it's, its, own, it's its own community up yeah. there. Yeah, and of course, in Glasgow as well, you're nice and close to Edinburgh for the Fringe every year as well. Aha, uh-huh. I know, a hop, a hop, skip and a wee jump. Um, it, yeah, exactly. And, the, and the, fringe, the Fringe obviously brings so much to, to Scotland. And the yeah, it's funny, I was saying to Chloe the other day, you can go over to Edinburgh and, and once you kind of un- meet lots of people from this Scottish community, you'll kind of, Ed- Edinburgh's just a, 
an add-on to that and you yeah. think oh I know everyone <laughs> but um, no but it's really fun I suppose really the beauty fun. as well with Glasgow as well you're only a train ride away so you don't have to worry about the expense of trying to stay in Edinburgh during August yeah. with, with everything you else you say that you can't jealous. do a big you can't do a big night out and then go back to Glasgow you've got, <laughs> you could try. You got, nah you've got to be in the heart of it you really have you're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast with Neil King and Neil Callan. Musical theatre then, or at least sort of the acting, singing, dancing side of things, isn't the only sort of string to your bow. You're both musicians as well. Indeed, yes. Uh, in our show in A Big Adventure, we both play instruments as well as doing all of the acting, singing, dancing, and everything. So I play the guitar and I also play the drums. And this has been like a really amazing learning curve for me to learn how to marry the two, how to marry my instrument with acting and performing and make an actor musician work. Work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um actor musician stuff is really, really my passion in children's theatre and acting musician and seeing what instruments can bring to a piece and, and how and how you can embody the instrument and it can be very much a part of the whole action and it's it can't be a separate entity. It's got to be, you know, one thing. And it, it it's super cool to write new things. And we've been working with a, an awesome composer called Isaac Savage, Ooh. who's an absolute legend. And he's, you know, been writing some cool stuff for us. And and it's just really nice to explore in that way and, and explore through lots of different movement and lots of different music. One wee funny thing is that Chloe and I both play the drums as well. And <laughs> when we what was this maybe two years ago something like that we were we both were both like put up for the same job and because <laughs> this yeah. acting musician job and uh, it's just funny how the paths like cross over about seven times and then they finally meet was that in was that in liverpool it was a job in liverpool so yeah you had come down from scotland to liverpool and yeah. i had come up from london to liverpool and we yeah. had both been like in the same room for the same job well, what can you do same height same drum. Yeah. Drums. Okay. Question same. is, did one of you get it? No. No. <laughs> oh, uh, that's, that's all right then. Like... Yeah, thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so the, the whole acting musician thing is, is something that's, that's fairly new to the Isle of Man, really. We only really sort of saw it last year for the first time with Singing in the Rain with a few guys that were both in, in the cast and, and playing as well. But uh, Jack Divers, we spoke to him uh, a few podcasts ago, and he was saying about how it's a real different kind of sort of mindset between the two so you have your your warm-ups as a, as the performer but then you've got your warm-ups as your musician as well mm, mm. it's um it's a really interesting one i think i play the saxophone and i uh if we talk about it in quite a technical way the the saxophone the way that you work in terms of your embouchure is a is a very um in a very different place to where you would sing and kind of working technically through that and and finding the bridge between the two is a really interesting it's an interesting one to discover yeah so technically speaking it is a it is a task to kind of marry the two but creatively speaking it's a really fun one to marry and and you know why can't a, a guitar also be a, a a pistol and or a bridge or um a, mm-hmm. or or why can't you hold it upside down or why can't you have it above your head yeah and it gives you this i don't creative... need a hat i've got a saxophone that's my hat yeah. and um well, that's the creative the mag- freedom yeah that's the magic of theater though isn't it you know it's it's the suspension of disbelief you know you can make the audience believe that whatever you've got in your hand is whatever it is that you intend it to be so that's the beauty of the imagination isn't it absolutely yes. and we use that so much in a big adventure we really encourage our audience to imagine with us when we have you know a guitar as as a hat or whatever it is it's really exciting to 
for us to be imagining it. And once the two of us are in this world, we just get to welcome other people to come yeah. and join us there. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice to think as well about characters and what sounds they create and what instruments they would be and and how you you work with that sound and and just how the whole thing marries together. I remember again in my training when I was doing a piece we did we we made Pippin an actor musician show and all the kind of work around working in a room and and, <laughs> and doing things uh, is a really cool one to play with when you've got in, everyone's got an instrument involved and, and stuff. Brilliant. So how did then how did you both get started? How did you both first get get into the whole theatre thing? What first gave you the theater, the bug? I I've had a lot I grew up having lots of experiences in like separate forms of the arts so I did ballroom dancing since I was about three I was always singing and then I think I did the guild and other events or competitions but for me like my moment if I could pinpoint a moment it would be when I watched my good friend Joe Hillard in Titanic and I think that was with the ops yeah and he had been at school with me and he had been talking about what he was doing and how incredible it was and how fun the rehearsals were. And and I sat with my mum and I watched him and I just thought, I want to be doing that. I want to be I want to be up there with him. And so when the next round of auditions came for the next show, I was like, come along. And I was like, no, no, I'm too nervous. I can't do it. I can't do it. And thankfully, having someone or people that you know to bring you into that in that first step really was important because I don't know that I would have taken the leap without a bit of more encouragement and then from then it was just I, I couldn't stop you absolutely could not stop yeah. me so that would that would have been hot Mikado then wouldn't it yeah hot Mikado then uh and literally from that point up until 18 when I left the island I just I did a show every year more than that uh, probably and yeah singing competitions acting uh, it's so easy to, to do that though isn't it especially on the Isle of Man when there's there's so many shows going on it's so easy to go from show to show to show to show I mean you do two three four five shows a year and it's incredible the the experience that you get not only rehearsing and developing the show over here but being able to perform in a, in a theatre like the Gaiety oh, is yeah. is a really incredible experience and something that I constantly want to come back to because it's beautiful and it's sparked so much joy in me that I really think of it as like a home. Yeah. What about you, Michelle? I can never quite pinpoint when I decided that theatre was cool. Um, but I I always like to think about my mum and my dad and always kind of encouraging creativity and 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 singing and dancing and and always around the house and popping um the casino royale track the herb albert i always call him herb but it's not as herb it's herb albert isn't it herb albert. um yeah yeah it's just tricky to that one always popping that on when we're stacking the dishwasher and having a good little dance around with our rice shakers and our little makeshift tambourines and for me, yeah, that's that's was such a lovely grounding in creativity, and as I always say, that the Isle of Man is an amazing place for for that to continue to spark and 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 find your path and and get involved in everything and anything um, here. And obviously, yeah, similar things to Chloe, you know the the ballroom dancing and the the Manx Music Festival, the and Douglas Core Union, the Manx Operatic Society. Oh, and... all of it! It's absolutely fantastic and. You know how lucky are we to be able to do that? I mean, it's it's a great grounding, isn't it, to to set you off on on that track to professional career? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, me and Michelle actually did uh, anything goes together. You will remember when <sighs> way back when, uh, but we were both involved, like in the Manx theatre scene. Two thousand and eleven was it? 
Mm, Sounds about right. Yeah. I'd yeah. Like, to, I like to take pride in my dates, I think. I think it was 2011. Yeah, I think it was the year after my daughter was born. She was born in 2010, so it sounds about right. Winner. Absolutely yeah. winner. Yes, because um, Hot Mercado was 2010, because we did that in the March, and my daughter was born in the in the August. Amazing. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, and now she's 10. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is... Wow. Yeah, crazy. So, your first roles then. What was it, the first role that you did, whether it was uh, Ops DCU drama school professionally well i was in and this was 2008 neil um the i was tessie and annie with the dcu and that really you know that's what started it all off annie i've been in annie about five times since but that was a that was a good old first role (laughs) one of the orphans yeah Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Tessie the orphan. <laughs> the crybaby. Chloe? Uh, I think I was chorus number five in, in Peter Pan. <laughs> right. <laughs> in, a, in a panto. The best kind here. of chorus, yeah. I think. Yeah. You don't want to be too far in front, do you? Yeah. You want to be... If you're going to be chorus. What about what about a name roll? Oh, uh, I I was one of the... Eight... <laughs> Come on, well, you're not an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> Whip out that role. <laughs> Uh, I think I was I was one of the angels in Anything Goes. I think that was right. the first time that I had angel sp- number four speaking. She up. moved up in the world. Yeah, I did <laughs> periodically just a step up. And, uh, Listen, just make the next right choice. Exactly that. Uh, yeah, one of the one of the angels. Brilliant. Okay, so whilst doing my uh, my research, then obviously doing a little bit of Facebook stalking back three three pages, I noticed that you've both been in one of my favourite shows, a very underrated musical called Bat Boy the Musical. And you've both played Shelley. Bad boy! We yeah. have both played Shelley in different productions. Yes, at different ends of the country as well. Different Ooh. ends of the country. Um, Bat boy is the most quirky little uh, number that, that that you could whip out in drama school, I think. There's lots of... You know, there's a bat flying around, making out with random uh, who's then girls who then goes into the woods. And, and, yeah, yeah, who's his, his sister and it. Well, you know, you've got to be in a certain headspace to write something like that. But what an awesome little show! It's great. It's <laughs> such a such a wonderful sort of rocky little piece as well. Yeah, yeah. So fuck. So yeah. So cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, written by the the people that wrote Legal, Legally Blonde. Mm-hmm. Oh right, okay. As yeah, well. you can literally hear the uh, Lawrence yeah. Lawrence Lawrence O'Keefe. Lawrence O'Sheefe. Lawrence O'Sheefe. No, it's oh, O'Keefe. You're totally right. Yeah, you can hear the same melodies in a lot of the Legally Blonde songs that you yeah. can hear in Bat Boys songs. And the Bat Boys songs, they've got some catchy ones. Bangers. Got they've some... got some real bangers. Do you know, maybe that's why Legally Blonde felt so so familiar to me. Then obviously there's that 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 Bat Boy that sort of. Yeah, did you, you see can that first? Li- I saw Bat Boy, Bat Boy first. You yes. can literally, he's written the same melody in several songs. Right. Yeah, okay. note for note. Uh-huh. I mean, why change it if, it's, well, if it works? If it works, yeah. Keep or it. if it doesn't work, yeah. pop it in a different show, see if it works there. <laughs> work for Lloyd Webber. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, mean, I saw, I saw um, Bat Boy in, in, the, in the West End and I, the cast was amazing and they couldn't have been more than about 12 people in the entire cast and with yeah. the exception of like the lead sort of three or four everyone else doubled if not tripled on on mm-hmm. parts mm-hmm. and th- there were times where the there were costume changes were so quick that someone literally stepped into the wings and like four seconds came back out as a completely mm-hmm. different character like mm-hmm. what it just adds the excitement of it all yeah we love that, don't we? Mm. Yeah. I'd imagine with your cast then, with you only having sort of 12 in, in your group, then you probably did double, yeah. triple, quadruple up on parts Definitely, as well, Definitely, yeah. There was there was lots of changing. Oh, it's such a funny time to think back to. I thought you were going to mention, I mean, a, a big adventure with our cast of two. two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we there's, uh, there's, we've got, what, six roles each? 
Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we play yeah. we play all of the characters and we have created a show that has a multitude of different uh, wonderful characters. Accents. Uh, so, and lo- yeah, lots of lovely yeah. accents. And, and so we definitely get to do that. We get to run off stage and as fast as possible. Stage, I mean, yeah, I mean area. Run off space. <laughs> Behind, run behind a cloth. to a close rail. <laughs> just, just run. Yeah, um, just... and change into <laughs> just a different. Run. I'm laughing because we did a preview. Um, <laughs> we did a preview show on Friday, and uh, we I was doing said run and um, had a cloak on of which was of a character um, you might be able to guess, and uh, I slipped on the floor and the said run there was a bit of a disaster. No. Yeah, Michelle fell flat on her face. <laughs> and it's recorded. In our first, so. <laughs> in our first preview. We'll, uh, we'll whip that footage out when we uh, feel the time is the right. Within the first 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> as long as you've got recorded on video for, for yeah. posterity, that's, that's the best really thing. It's really funny. It will be publicly available. <laughs> <laughs> Just head to our website, hellolittlepeople.com. Excellent. So lockdown then will have had a, a bit of an impact on the next bit, but what has been your, your latest or your, or your last role that you, you took part in? I last did a pantomime with the last role I was in. I was the role of Terry in the world's first all-female pantomime and there was only six of us in it and Terry was a pivotal role in the whole kind of show as you can imagine. It really kept together um, Cinderella up in Glasgow. Um, <laughs> nah, it was really, really great and um, that, yeah, that's, that was the last one because then we're into January we both had a new contract coming up so we were sorted for the year really went with Chloe and then um, and then sad times here we are yeah. but great times so then the next role is the current and next role is in a big adventure what about you Chloe what was your last one uh, I was due to play Beauty and Beauty and the Beast uh, in Easter just before uh, Covid started so we just got oh. uh, just so you must have been all the way through rehearsals and then just, just waiting to go we weren't through rehearsals I think we'd done one right. and then it and then it all kind of collapsed contract uh, signed yeah contract mm. was signed all good but um, it just it all fell through unfortunately but has everything happens for a reason it absolutely yeah. does and we're here and we are so privileged and so excited um, yeah. about my my next your title role, role really isn't with, it I know Tom Begg in A Beg Adventure so yeah. What more could I ask for? What was the audition process like for that? What for a big adventure? <laughs> it was quite difficult. Coach. It, um, <laughs> it, it involved, involved a coffee yeah. <laughs> and it involved a very unique ice cream choice. Uh, Do you want to play this one? Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> no, we created everything from scratch and I think uh, the most rewarding thing about the show that we have created is that we both know that we sat in the first rehearsal and we had we had nothing we didn't have yeah. we didn't have paper we didn't have a show we yeah. didn't have a script my mum was like so you're going into rehearsals have you you know you've written the script then yeah. i was no. like no no no, no. we're, we're going to devise it in the room she's yeah. like what yeah uh, <laughs> when i first met up with on our first kind of meeting as to write what we're doing i said right Chloe, i want to start with a quote and i've got the quote in front of me and I said, if you know what you're going to do, what's the point in doing it? And that's uh, Picasso. And uh, we're really holding on to that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Improvisational, flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. It's rewarding. So rewarding. Yes, it certainly is. If you're interested in local musicians and artists, check out our sister podcast, Supergroup where Neil King talks to Manx songwriters and musicians as they set up their fantasy supergroup. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. So what's what's been your favourite role that you've both played so far? 
My favourite role, I think, is Audrey in in As You Like It. So I played so I played Audrey in a production that was in Ludlow Castle. Wow. That was my that was my first experience of a castle and a big event is gonna gonna return us to that. We actually only perform in castles now, so (laughs) it's castles or nothing. It's the the big castle tour. (laughs) Next up Peel Castle. Oh yeah. Um yeah, so Audrey was in Ludlow Castle at the Fringe Festival there, and it was by far, I think, yeah, by far my favourite role that I've done professionally because we set this uh, Shakespeare show into a really quirky, really interesting setting, which was in the 1960s. So, and I got to play the drums in that as well. Excellent. And I get got to play lots of different characters the the cast was quite small but as as i say we did it all outside we were performing every night to people that were sat you know with their blankets and their coats and their and their deck chairs and and singing at the top of our lungs in a castle and running around the audience and uh singing 60s songs it was just uh it was just the best experience that's brilliant what about you michelle um, I loved playing the leading player in, in Pippin. It was our final show of um, training and there was a few people who'd left who'd got jobs early before um, before graduating. So there was a major recast seconds before our first rehearsal. I was wow. I was I was kind of uh, grabbed out of um, out of our <laughs> rehearsal by the head of musical theatre there and said, "Hey, would you maybe do the leading player?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure." So excited, and uh, and again, it was like a really crazy creative process, and uh, I absolutely loved it. Okay, this one next one is a, is a tricky one. Which one do you think is the role that you were born to play? Now, this is quite often we look at this as the the role that is either the closest to you or the one that you could probably just sort of step into and go. I'm going to go with Tom Beck. I'm going to go with Tom Beck, right? <laughs> Down the same thing. My own do, work. Do you know Only because I don't have to forget the lines. True. But um, I think when you're creating a piece of theatre and characters that are based in... So Manx folklore, we've taken lots of things from that, but you add a bit of yourself. You add a bit of yourself to every character that you play, in my mm. opinion. So to have created it ourselves and to create all the jokes ourselves, then it's very much my humour and it's very much things that I think are... <laughs> hilarious and so it was great in the uh in the previews to find that you know it worked and like the jokes landed it's always uh, that worry though when you're writing comedy where they think that well i think it's funny are they gonna think it's exactly funny? and with comedy you have to you have to have an audience because yeah. you, you can't just do it in your head you might think it's funny but it might not it might not read well to an audience so um it's yeah. the only lines i can i can remember are the ones i've written myself and i probably can't <laughs> I mean, even that's remember them pushing, either yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's really pushing it <laughs> okay so um this is a, this is another good one i mean obviously you've done many many shows over the years with uh budgets high and low what have been the best and possibly the worst costumes that you've ever had to wear mm. costumes costume costumes my the best costume i've ever worn was by was was made and designed by a man named jack sheehan and Oh, oh, he's a glorious man. And he, it was for Sunday in the Park with George. Right. Um, so quite a large budget and all the costumes were made from scratch and they were absolutely beautiful. And this was, I had two costumes in the show, one for the, the nurse character and one for the, this character called Mrs, who is from South America. And she just literally comes on for about mm, four minutes. Right. And it was the most elaborate, beautiful 
baby pink and 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 pale yellow costume with blue highlights and it was so heavy and it was such a quick change and it was this me oh it was dreamy i'll how can i get a photo of it to you neil i just don't know (laughs) it was really really beautiful best costume yeah the worst too many can't even think about it (laughs) too (laughs) traumatizing chloe uh, I was just thinking then, I was just uh, racking my brains and what uh, the image popped up was uh, in Taylorian's production of The Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. which was amazing, great, mm-hmm. great experience. I had this little green number yeah. and a green wig <laughs> yeah. and it was sparkly and the costumes were incredible and oh, and I, and everyone was like talking about this because it was, it was in um, the Emerald City so yeah. everything was green and yeah. it just... I remember John Cumberledge just talking about the green wig and and the green costume, and it just again I'll get a picture to you because it's something else. Yeah, I mean, John Cumberledge, he just had the most amazing eye for for costumes, doesn't Absolutely. he? Absolutely. I mean, I've I've won some amazing things with the, all the shows over the years that I've done with John. Mm. Just we oh. both did Cats, didn't we? And that they were of course beautiful. Of course, of course, they were beautiful costumes, and that was something that John John did. He designed them for. For the once the once it was cast, then he he designed it with elements of of yeah. the cast personality. What like that was mega. That was incredible as as an amateur production. That was unbelievable. I think you don't, or I certainly didn't realize how lucky we are over here with the productions and the production companies that are over here, like Taylorian, and like the Ops, like DCU. But just all of these experiences and these costumes that and the wigs, yeah, you know, you don't always have you don't always have the budget yeah. for that when you're doing a pro- professional production. It, yeah. <laughs> wait till you see a big adventure. It's... Wait till you see a big adventure. <laughs> uh, you know, my mum sourced my... her own green wig. <laughs> my mum came in the other day uh, to watch the preview, and she looked at the costume rail and. Pretty much all of the items were hers <laughs> from her days gone by. Thanks for your gilet, yeah. shouts. Oh, but you talk about, about the wigs, and we've had some, there's been some amazing wigs on that stage over the years. And I remember wearing one in, in Sweeney Todd, and I was Tobias. So I had this wonderful little ginger mullet, but the, the back piece of it came off. And each night I had to sort of take the back piece off and throw it on the floor. And I'm like, oh, like £800 worth of wig. I'm just throwing on the floor here every night. It was like, Woo! But, uh, yeah, yeah we've, I think we've been very spoiled over here with, with some of the costumes that we've had over the years. There's been some some bad ones, but there's been some really good ones as well. All right, the next question on this is this is often a, tr- a tricky one. This is what we call our gender swap question. So, what role would you play of the opposite gender if you could? Well, um, it, I mean, it's happening. Uh, a lot of my stuff, I, it's on this. I love Sondheim. Absolutely love Sondheim and and the the company that was on last year or oh, started the year before that um that was an incredible gender swap of um bobby mm. with rosalind rosalind craig rosaline rosalind um and so i'm gonna go along the same vibe as that and i'd love to play george from sunday in the park with george right yeah with georgia <laughs> yeah i just play yeah. george, just play george yeah. <laughs> chloe at the risk of sounding like a broken record, I would love to play Bat Boy. Hey. I I put Bat Boy the soundtrack on the other day, and I just was in my room listening to his uh, breakdown song of uh, "Apology to a Cow," and I just love was it. like, "This is what I want to do." I've got and I a think feeling Bat Boy might be coming to the island soon. Right? I mean, with how much we're promoting it, 
We need to do it. Fat boy, a big adventure. <laughs> no, my um. I'm, I'm available for the dad. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> yeah, that or you know any of the incredible male parts that there are. There are so many, and mm. as Michelle says, there's lots of opportunities coming. Um, yeah, it's so doable. It's gender swapping and yeah. and taking uh, shows and ideas that we know really well and switching them on their head mm. and i think that's what i'm really interested to mm. do and really interested to explore mm-hmm. um and bringing more female characters into theater because that's also obviously really the national theater last year they had their product well i think it was probably a few years ago now but it came out as part of the national theater at home they had their version of a midsummer night's dream mm. where they twisted the story all around and they had it more of the in sort of the most the post Me Too environment where they had it was Titania that was playing the tricks on, on Oberon mm. rather than Oberon playing the tricks on, on Titania. I and love it. Yeah, so had, fun. Had Oberon falling in love with Bottom instead and oh, it's, it's, it's just, just awesome. It's really important because it, I mean, theatre does reflect society and I think it's so good to watch things that, or, or things that you know in a certain format, slightly adjusting your viewpoint to that can really open your eyes into like, yeah. I get it now. Yeah. Or I, I see this from a different perspective. Yeah. And you totally connect more with, with the story than you would have done had it been played as it was written in the 1600s or whenever it was. That it, yeah. yeah. I, and I think, oh, I just think there's so much to be done with that and so much that I want to do with that. Great. Now, one question that I always tend to ask our younger guests on, on the podcast is um, what new music are you currently listening to? What new shows have you got? going around at the moment mm. oh uh, well this is not it's not even new anymore but i am um, i love come from away yeah i mm. think especially those on the island uh will really connect to lots of the songs in there and this island kind of mentality I am an islander. yeah it's beautiful it's, it's a really powerful piece isn't it oh, yeah yeah um i also highly recommend you have a listen to um noisemaker which are a company, a musical theatre uh, partnership that are producing some really fantastic work. And one of their really big hits that is going to be quite big, in my opinion, very soon is called Hi, My Name is Ben. And the other thing I would recommend is a man named Finn Anderson. Now, this guy is um, a fantastic writer. He's Scottish and he's also written some really amazing um, new musical theatre. And if you would let me just say one more the biggest one that you should definitely, definitely listen to is O'Neill and Savage. They are the most fantastic musical theatre partnership that is going to be huge. And Savage is also our composer for Hello Little People. But these guys have done some amazing stuff. Chloe has met Isaac virtually and feels like she's known him for years. And I'm actually getting really excited. I'm really I'm really emotional about it because they're so, so good. Please go and check their work out. Tanya, a new musical, is yeah. the funniest thing you'll ever, ever watch. And I've just discovered this, um, this pairing since obviously working with Michelle and working with Isaac virtually. And really they are their music is incredible and they've just what did they do recently they, did they the... just um they were they've been part of the styles and drew new musical theater awards which is obviously a huge styles and drew um, um pr- prolific musical uh, contemporary musical theater writers and they had two songs in the competition and it was performed by the biggest west end stars and they are gonna be huge Brilliant. So I think you've I think you've really hammered that one home. I think we had a few, few recommendations I, there, yeah. Should I just say that one more time? Who is just it? one more time. O'Neill and Savage. There we go. Awesome. They're gonna be massive. Brilliant. One thing that we've introduced fairly recently 
is our Spotify playlist. So we're setting up our own sort of ultimate musical theatre playlist. Mm. Neil and myself, we both put in, well, between us, there was 10 tracks that we've put in ourselves just to get it, get it started. Mm. And these are songs that either we have performed ourselves, they've been in shows that we've been in, or just something that's just really had an effect on us and something that's sort of really influenced in some way. Adding on to that list, we've had Emma Callan. Uh, she added in the, uh, the overture from West Side Story. Beautiful. She wanted something from West Side Story but couldn't decide which, but decided old school yeah, score. It's, the overture has something in there from everything, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. And uh, on the last episode, we had Perry O'Day, and he added in Being Alive. Oh, Perry. Beautiful. So what song would you like to add to our Spotify playlist? Chloe? I would like to add... Uh, a tight connection to my heart, uh, which is from the musical A Girl from the North Country. Mm. Uh, it's a beautiful, what and if choice. you can, if you can watch it on YouTube and watch the actor perform it, it will break your heart and make you cry and make you feel incredible at the same time. I really think it's a, a really incredible piece of theatre, and uh, the song itself and the recording of it is is great. The music in particular from that show... Is, yeah, it's it's based on the music of that, Bob Dylan. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So the um, whole musical is is based is ad- adapted uh, music that that they've adapted from Bob Dylan, and uh, yeah, a tight connection to my heart. Wonderful. I would like to add "Beautiful" from "Beautiful" the Carol King musical because it is the song you need to put on of a morning if ever you're feeling a wee bit unfudged and um, just a bit down. Whack that on, and I promise you will find joy and it will give you the spark that you need to keep the the joy being spread wonderful okay a big adventure then at castle russian yeah what are the dates how do we get tickets 5th of september uh you can check out hellolittlepeople.com we've got three shows we've got three shows 11 a.m we've got a 1 p.m and a 3 p.m act fast don't leave it till the last minute tickets are limited and they are selling very fast and we're so thrilled that they are selling so fast uh but uh and if you get them now if you want to come if you don't make it then we will be here or on the island we're so excited for new collaborations new projects we've got lots of things coming Um, up lots of things in the pipeline yeah we're gonna be a roundabout so please keep an eye out on social media on our website hellolittlepeople.com and it's Facebook, Instagram, all Absolutely. of it, all of the above, um, and yeah, connect with us if you fancy having a chat, and we'll create something amazing. And we're just excited. Brilliant. Well, I wish you the very best of luck, and uh, no doubt we'll see you again soon. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. So that was Neil Callan's chat with Michelle and Chloe from Hello Little People. Yeah. So I hear you had a few uh, issues recording that uh, interview, yeah? Well, yeah, because it was our first time back in Manx Radio yeah. since February. Yes, and I kind of had to teach myself how to use the kit up there again. And we were all set up, all ready to go, and press record... And off we went, and we were chatting away. And I just looked back at the screen to my left there, and realised that about fifteen minutes in, that it wasn't recording. Oh dear! Yeah. Oh dear. So we then had to go back and redo the first fifteen minutes of the oh conversation. Dear. 
But uh, yeah, we got some we got some great stuff. And actually, yeah. the second time through, it was actually exactly. they'd, they'd warmed up to yeah, it. It was exactly. a bit more relaxed. And, yeah, just it was, a rehearsal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Everyone needs a rehearsal, and that's that's what we had. So, so yeah, it was great. It was great listening to sort of the differences in, in their training because Michelle was in in Glasgow and Chloe was in London. So mm-hmm. it's the difference in the contrasts. But then also as well, they talk about the fact that they were they both have a very similar background they're both musician performers yeah. as well and they both ended up being put forward by their agents for the same job oh, right. michelle wow. in glasgow and chloe in london and they both had to come for the audition in liverpool wow that's weird yeah, <laughs> the chance of that yeah i said it was, we discovered though thankfully neither of them got the job so yeah. there's no grudge yeah, held there that's anyway <laughs> that's bad for good yeah yeah <laughs> Since recording the interview with the girls just over a week ago, they've actually sold out of all three shows on the Saturday, and now, as a result, they've managed to put on two extra shows on the Sunday, which is just brilliant. Brilliant. Right then. Well, that's us then for, for another episode. That's yeah. episode 16 coming to an end. Remember to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages to get notifications of upcoming episodes and events. If you have any events that you'd like us to talk about or promote in a future episode, you can contact us through our social media accounts or by email to manxtheaterpodcast at gmail.com. All that remains is for us to say thank you for listening and we hope you join us again next time on the Manx Theatre Podcast. I've been Neil Callan. I've been Neil King. Goodbye. Bye. The Manx Theatre Podcast. Taking a look behind the scenes of Manx Theatre. Men actors' life for me.